Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Process. And welcome back to your home for football and fantasy football, where we learn, scout, win, and repeat. Time to continue the process. Thank you, everybody, for joining me. I am your host. It's your boy, Ralph Lark. Excited to be here. NFL Week 5. Already, we got a quarter of the season in the can, and so we're moving forward. I am pumped to let you know what I already know about what we can do to take down this week of fantasy football. Couple things first, couple orders of business before we get rolling. And I'm excited to talk football, but I'm exhausted. I went to SmackDown Live last night. Yes, the nine year old me could definitely smell what The Rock was cooking. If you want to let your hair down and have some fun, just go to a wrestling show. It's nothing like imagining and being a kid again. So I digress. Um, but before we get into some football, let's talk about where you can find the process. A lot of easy ways to locate this bad process every week. If you want to listen to the podcast, I got you covered. First and foremost is our website, www.tigerbombsae.com. If you go there, I'm saying put it in GPS and go there. If you go there, you will see our page, the process. Click on that. You get to see everything else that Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment offers. But specifically, if you click on the process page, this podcast is there. It's available um, as well as the other stuff that we do for football. You will be able to see my weekly predictions, game predictions, give you the um, you know games for the week and the over-under and what I think will happen. And so you get to see that plus my record there. Keep up with you know, what my percentage is, make me earn my keep. That's there. This other stuff going on too. So the DFS picks that we talk about at the end of every show, those are also listed in file format right there on the process page. So I want to make sure everything we talk about is available to you guys. So that's a couple of reasons why you may go there. If you like to listen to your podcast on the go, that's cool. You can find the process really easy in Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere, iHeartRadio, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Just search Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment and boom, you will see our company podcast stream. It's going to give you access to everything we do. You're going to see right now it's a lot of the process. You'll see some heart of the order stuff. There's the wrestling show, the countout. But the important part about that is like, subscribe that in that app. Give yourself access to the process each and every week. You know I'm putting it out for you. If you're a social media person, no worries. We got you covered there too. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I will try to answer a quick start set of questions on Twitter. That's always fun for me too, not just for you guys. Um, but for Facebook, I try to keep up with the news. Try to post f- funny memes. You know, Try to do... Uh, polls, things like that. So all good reasons to search for us on Facebook or Twitter, and you can find us the same way. Just hit that search box and go at the process T-B-S-A-E, at the process T-B-S-A-E, and boom, our information will pop up. Um, Lastly, if you want to email me here, segment you want to hear, extended questions, some concerns, I don't know, but if you need to email me, you can, the process at TigerBomb. SAE.com. All right. Now that we've got all the important stuff out of the way, um, it's just on to week five. As you know, we've um, we moved past the Thursday night football. Now we're going to take care of that on the website as well. 
So at that, it's time to move on to what I think is a lot of you's favorite segment of the week. Housekeeping, me fluff pillow, me fix your team. Well, it's definitely time for a little bit of housekeeping for week five. I really do love doing this segment. We can cut right to the heart of a lot of stuff that stands in the way of us being better fantasy football players. Now, we've done a lot of uh, cleaning up already over the course of the first four weeks. And so you guys will notice the things we need to cover in this section will start to diminish as we've gone over it. And I'm not just going to keep circling back to things I've already told you unless it's super important. Um, so just a matter, of course, you'll see this segment start to dwindle down a little bit. We got three notes we really need to go over, and then we can start talking about game action this week. But these are really important notes. Um, the first thing that I need to talk to you Tiger Bombers about this week is you're going to hear me talk more about statistics now because the stats are starting to matter now. Now we have a quarter of the season in the can. We have four weeks of t- statistics, excuse me while I st- st- stutter. Um, we have four weeks of stats. That's easier to say. Four weeks of stats on all these teams, except for the teams that haven't played four weeks. So you'll start to see those teams look like, you know, it's like they're first in this or second in that. We have to be mindful of that. But outside of those, you know, one or two teams that have been on by already, the statistics can start to matter because after a quarter of the season, you are who these numbers say you are. One game, two game, three games, that's variance. That's opponent differentiation. I could be doing this specifically because of you, doing that specifically because of you, but four games is a healthy amount. So we'll be talking about statistics moving forward, which may make the reload segments a little bit longer, but they're gonna be more informational for you guys. And we're gonna be pinpointing on that information so that we can be sure that we're not playing the jerseys, we're playing the numbers, okay? That's the first note. That was an easy one, right? No harm, no foul. Second note we have for this week's housekeeping is the, so this is important too. Let's talk about what we need to do with, because we've already discovered that there are some weaknesses, I guess, to our teams if we're not just flying high in first place. And I want to encourage you guys not to have any duds in your lineup. And there's an easy way to do this. Also, if you're not, you know, kind of cruising along and you really need some wins, we've discussed things you can do. We talked about trading. We know it's a sore subject for some. We know it's easier for others. But ultimately, stop. You know, you got to dip your foot. You can't like jump on in there. If you are afraid of trade, you're probably also that person that dips your big toe in the water a hundred times when you really need to just jump on in there. Right. So we already talked about that. 
but there's other things you can do to make your team better too. See, if you are low on points, you're at the bottom of the to bottom of the rung on points. You really got to ask yourself, what am I going to do to make this up? Because you only have three fourths of the season left. Doing nothing is not a plan. Well, actually, it's a plan to fail. So unless you want to do that, you should make a better plan. Then you have to ask yourself, if I don't like trading, right? Because I'm not just here to bash you if you don't want to trade. What else can you do? I want to give you some other options. I'm trying to think. I think that would be the easier thing to do. But if you have some aversion to getting rid of your players or you're hoping against hope on some people on the bench or whatever, fine. Here, let's talk about something to get around that. We got to start playing our opponent. Yeah, now we can do that. We got four weeks in a can. Start playing your opponent. You know what your team is. You know what your weaknesses are. I can think about my one team where I have a deficiency at wide receiver. And so here, here's the thing. I'll be fully candid. I got a, I got a team and I'm playing. Um, I'm playing. Actually, it's the league I've been talking about on this segment all year, basically. Um, so this is the same league. I'm playing the first place team. His, his team is no projections. And I have one weak wide receiver spot. And what I what I had initially did was picked up um, Brown, Alex Brown from the Tennessee Titans based off of that big last week. And I've been watching him. He's been on my radar. It was not a good move. And I'm not saying it's not a good move because of his low volume. That's an obvious reason why I shouldn't have did it. But I was playing upside and I just kind of wanted... I don't care about that. I saw him. I watched it. I see how big and strong he is. I have reasons for believing in him. For example, even if you take the contest that they're going up against this week, Tredavious White is going to see more Corey Davis. And so I think he could possibly, you know, I'll talk about that later, but just suffice it to say, I had some reasoning behind it. But when you go back and look at it, I just did it wrong. If this guy is playing Carson Wentz, I should have picked up Nelson Aguilar, who is out there, out there right now. On the waiver wire, I've used up all my moves for the week. This is what I mean to bring it back to my point when I talk about playing your players' positions. If if I play the wide receiver that's attached to his quarterback, then I take a very weak spot, my second or third wide receiver spot, right? And I now make it effective in the way that there's a chance that every time his quarterback scores, that I'm going to get points off of it too. So I'm narrowing the margin of victory. I really like that. If you've already got a weak space so now let's bring it back to the original point let's think about this team that is living in the dumps and you've got limited moves because we're not going to make a bunch of trades to get out of this you need to work the wire see this is where you're at a disadvantage if you don't play um like dfs and i don't mean just work the wire the way other people are working it the way that i've been advising you against all year i mean work the wire for the streams because if you're not going to trade, that's what you need to do. Stream those positions against your opponent. So every position that you're weak, stream against your opponent when you possibly can. You got to think about everything he has. You know, can you get um, the kicker attached with his team? Can you get the defense attached um, with um, his running back or whatever it is like you have to take a look at what he has take a look at what's available since that's the route you want to go and you need to start playing that piece so then it becomes less about like you guys know how we have the would you rather segment that's coming up 
it becomes less about asking somebody and needing permission to play this guy or that guy. And when you look at two obscure players, it's like, well, how would I know to play this guy or that guy? This is how you would know it's opponent based. So the biggest and second point with housekeeping this week is that you need to start playing with your opponent's pieces in your weak positions. Now go back and look at your matchup this week. You have low points, your bottom of the barrel, you're facing somebody who puts it up at a pretty good clip. Let's go cover the bases. Are any of his receivers that are viable out there, his tight end, any other components that I've talked about? Even doing that goes a long way to helping you not just roll over and die. You can't just take the the best person out there from just like this stark perspective okay you got to take the best person for you and that's actually a lead in into our third and final point for housekeeping this week it's the relative values of these players i'm going to start talking about this more because i assume that this was a given but i don't think it is so we need to really have a come to jesus moment and talk about relative values of players the relative values of players are different for your team, for my team, based on what we need, what we have, is not a borderline stark value. It's not to say um, Keenan Allen has just this set value, right? Like the nut for example, here's like I used this example this week. So here, let me keep it going for any of those listening that I used it too. Let's talk about six yards i mentioned this in the message board for the for um the league that i was talking about let's talk about six yards somebody let's say six yards is six yards it's just six yards right um i will say you know who had the better play you know or what or what was more what was worth more we'll say you know this running back had six yards and we'll say, do you, you know, you need to tell me if he had, if that was a better play than running back B. And so, you know, typically if um, running back A has six yards and I say running back B has five yards, people are going to say, okay, running back A, right? Or if you say running back B has 12 yards to running back A six yards, then most people are going to say, yeah, the running back B, because he had more yards, 12 yards, but it's not, it's not, it's all relative. Here's what I mean by that. You are not taking into account so much more that matters. Six yards is just six yards, but doesn't the value of six yards change if it's fourth and goal from the two? Or oh, I'm sorry, third or you know, second and goal from the two? Isn't isn't six yards doesn't that get you over the hill right there? Isn't six yards then better than if it's like you're on your opponent's 32 and it's fourth and twelve? Doesn't six yards not do you good there? Third and 12, doesn't six yards not do you good there because you have to punt? I hope that makes sense. It's all just six yards. Whether I'm at that goal line or I'm at that 32 yard line, it's six yards, but the but the value of that six yards changes. Does the running back get six yards in a game where they're getting blown out on third and 12 versus a guy who gets the six yards in a tie game okay where they still got a chance to win on third and four right so it's just six yards i can never change the value of that six yards and in the stat sheet it looks the same 
but the magnitude of it is different. The value of it is different. This is the same thing with our fantasy players. When we talk, when we think about them, my value is different from your value. You know, maybe you have the quarterback that's linked to this wide receiver. So you definitely, his value is definitely more important to you than it is to me. When we think about trades, that's how we pull trades off in our leagues. It's because we can see that there is a likeness and value. I want to trade Josh Gordon. I want Josh Gordon. He wants Austin Eckler. It's good for both of us. I'm deficient at wide receiver. He's deficient at running back two. He knows Eckler's been a running back one, and now Eckler's going to be a running back two, hopefully. But that's better than the choice that he has already. And so it becomes a good play for both of us. Trades are relative. Player value is relative. I had somebody ask me this week, would you do this trade? It's this receiver. It was like two wide receiver ones. This guy for this guy. And I said, okay, I got the two players. All right, give me the rest of it. What's your team look like? What's his team look like? You know, and it was like, um, well, I haven't done it yet. I'm just, you know, trying to see if it's good. But it's like, I hope the person understood that to ask me just if this person is better than this person, like, I don't think you're going at it the right way at all. It's not a stark value like that. The values are relative. I need to see what the rest of your wide receivers are. I need to see what the west of his wide receivers are. I need to see who your quarterbacks are. Is somebody pairing a wide receiver with their quarterback moving forward? To give like I'm shortchanging you if I don't ask you all that stuff. And I don't fault people for not considering all that stuff. That's why you have to trust the process. These are the things that I'm going to consider that you may not be considering, but I'm just saying this is how people get it wrong when we assess trades we got a lot of trades being vetoed in our league right now and it's because your trade value is based off of some things that aren't holding true we may be basing trade value off previous player um, uh, results in previous seasons under previous coaching schemes we are basing it to some degree off of names um, off of recency bias when we just gotta look at the numbers a little more. If we do that, then these trades start to make a little bit more sense. The player value start to make a little bit more sense. And then you start to see things in a different light. But um, it's ultimately really interesting how, you know, some people will see something as being, you know, fair or skewed in one way. And then the, a very, somebody else in the league will say, will claim literally no fair in the opposite direction. So just a learning lesson for housekeeping this week. And um, it was something that I could have got the point across a little quicker, but I want you guys to get used to talking about this because even if you don't buy into it, just knowing about this stuff, I am making you more savvy than the other players in your league. And I'm giving you more things to think about and you definitely, definitely, definitely are going to have a better perception of the things that you can do to help yourself out. And then you can just kind of pick it, right? Like all my advice is a buffet and you just pick the items. I'm not going to tell you what to put on your plate. I got a lot of things you could order up though. And then you just sling it how you like, right? Alrighty, now that everybody's hungry, that's housekeeping for the week. Keep those houses in order. Keep your questions and conundrums coming to me. I like feeling, uh, I guess, like feeling that stuff out in this section right here. But hopefully, this was helpful for everybody this week, and you now understand player values a little better.
Let's play a round of Would You Rather. everybody time for a little would you rather for week five of nfl action hopefully this makes more sense to you now why this section is important because from the last section you understand that player values can be fluid from week to week so let's get into our would you rathers for this week kirk cousins or daniel jones cousins but it's close Lamar Jackson or Matt Ryan? Lamar Jackson. Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott? I'll take Watson. Jacoby Brissett or Jimmy G? I'll take Jacoby going against the Chiefs this week. He's going to have to do some damage. Jimmy G or Baker Mayfield? Two guys that are playing each other. I'll go with Jimmy G. Aaron Rodgers or Jameis Winston? The Packers have been very, very balanced. Let's go with Jameis Winston. The LaShawn McCoy or Devonta Freeman. Freeman is like he's running on ice. Let's go LaShawn McCoy. Josh Jacobs or Matt Breida. Gruden says he's involved. I don't think he's involved. Let's go with Matt Breida. Matt Breida or Damian Williams. Damian Williams is more involved than Matt Breida's is. Williams. Let's go Devonta Freeman or Jordan Howard. We like Jordan Howard with the goal line work. Howard. Jordan Howard or James White. Who knows what the Patriots are ever going to do. Jordan Howard. Christian McCaffrey or David Johnson. McCaffrey every week. McCaffrey every week. McCaffrey every week. McCaffrey every week. But David Johnson better than McCaffrey this week. Philip Lindsay or Sony Michelle. Philip Lindsay train is leaving. Hop on the station. Philip Lindsay, Devin, Stefan Diggs or Sterling Shepard. Maybe if you talk enough trash, they will throw you the ball. Stefan Diggs over Sterling Shepard this week. Cortland Sutton or Jarvis Landry. He's got a tough matchup, but Jarvis can't score points if he doesn't play. Cortland Sutton. Curtis Samuel or Marquez Valdez-Scantling, there may be some injuries in the Jacksonville secondary. Whether they are fake or real is up to that cornerback to tell us. Curtis Samuel with the easier matchup. DJ Chark or Philip Dorsett, let's go DJ Chark. The Panthers have been tough in the secondary. I'm sorry, scratch that. Philip Dorsett, because the Panthers have been tough in the secondary. Randall Cobb or Willie Sneed? This one is for somebody who is very much in need, indeed. So just go with Sneed. Larry Fitzgerald or Alshon Jeffrey? When he plays, the White Tiger gets all the looks. Alshon Jeffrey. Sammy Watkins or Adam Thielen, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, Adam Thielen. Marquise Goodwin or Willie Sneed. Sneed has low upside, but Goodwin could be blanked, Willie Sneed. Tyler Boyd or Amari Cooper, there's no one else. Tyler Boyd will get all the looks in a run game script. For the Cowboys, we like Tyler Boyd. Keenan Allen or Chris Godwin? Chris Godwin is in a good spot. Keenan Allen or Mike Evans? Mike Evans is in a good spot. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in a good spot indeed. Julio Jones or Michael Thomas? 
they will focus on Michael Thomas, but Julio Jones has been off the chain this year. Julio Jones, Austin Hooper, or Tyler Eifert is super chalky, but go with Tyler Eifert. Noah Fant or Trey Burton, until I see it, let's go against Burton. Noah Fant. Delaney Walker or Jimmy Graham. Rodgers won't look anywhere else in the end zone. Jimmy Graham. Zach Ertz or Mark Andrews. Andrews is healthy. Ertz has got a tough one. Let's go Mark Andrews. Trey Burton or Dawson Knox. It's a little close. I'm going to have to go Knox. Travis Kelsey or Evan Ingram. Two good spots, but it's a smash for Kelsey. Kelsey. Jack Doyle or Dawson Knox. The Chiefs can't guard tight ends. That means any tight ends. Ebron and Doyle. So Doyle over Knox. How about some defenses to end up this round? New Orleans Saints or the Houston Texans? I think the Bucks and the Saints go under. I'm taking the Saints defense this week. Who that? Dallas Cowboys or the Denver Broncos. I'm going to take the Broncos defense to do nothing. So I will pick the Cowboys right here. The Los Angeles Rams or the Tampa Bay Bucks. We already saw the Rams. I didn't realize they played on Thursday, but my intention was to take the Bucks anyway because as I just said, I think the Bucks and the Saints go under in a game that the Bucks have a sneaky chance to win on the road. And finally, Buffalo Bills defense or Minnesota Vikings. You could flip a coin with these two this week, but I will take the Minnesota Vikings. That's been the Would You Rather for week five. And now for a multitude of options, you now know who I would rather and hopefully you have a better idea of who you would rather play this week. And now it's time for the process to reload. All right, it's that time of week, so here we go. First game up, Bears at the Raiders. This is a London game, so... Look, the, as far as the Bears go, David Montgomery, he's coming off a week with his season highs and touches and backfield snap percentage, 69% of the backfield snap percentage. So I like this volume, and I think that moving forward, he will continue to see more shares of this game, and they may turn over more workload for him. The Raiders aren't the toughest matchup in the world, so it's a decent week for him. Daniel, Chase Daniel, earned a um, PFF, uh, Pro Football Focus, pass rate of 88.4 last week. That number is higher than anything we've seen from a young Mitchell Trubisky over the last 15 games. That's well back into last season. So that just shows you how middling and how poor he's been. And, you know, if you ask any Chicagoans, you know, they're, you know Chase Daniels is good. No, he just wasn't bad. You guys are just not used to seeing your quarterback not be bad. Um, he was serviceable. That's what, the t that's what that word means, serviceable. Oakland is giving up the six most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. In comes Daniel. Do your job. That's it. They rank seventh worst in opposing passer rating. That's Oakland. So, again, Daniel, do your job. And second worst in pressures generated per dropback. So nobody's coming for you. You're going to have the time. Do your job. Running backs average just 3.1 yards a carry against this Chicago defense. 
So Josh Jacobs probably not going to see a whole lot of room. Only the Buccaneers are holding down opposing backs at a lower rate. So it's going to be rough sledding. Rokon Smith's going to play. There was some asinine uh, reporter in Chicago that was saying he, he thinks he owes the people, the fans, an explanation of why he didn't play and what it was a personal matter. We're glad he's back. It wouldn't be a personal matter if he told us about it. We wish him and his family well, and they're glad to keep going with football. That's how we handle this stuff, media. Stop making your job easier by making a, a whole story out of nothing. These players probably have better off-field lives if we let them just do stuff like that. Sorry to digress off into something that's not, you know, so, so much football related. But, yeah, when you look at the Bears, Chase Daniels should be okay. David Montgomery, fine. You're starting these guys in seasonal if you have to. You're on a buy you in a roll with Daniels, great. Montgomery's one of your guys. He's your flex. That's cool. Allen Robinson, wide receiver, we like it. Daniels is going to show him a lot of attention. Like, they've been showing him a lot of attention. He has a lot of um, targets so far this year. He's lead one of the top wide receivers in the league with that respect. So we look for that to continue to keep going. As far as tight end goes, um, I don't know. Like I was saying last segment, we really do hope Burton can get it going. Um, but in the case that he can't, I don't think the Bears are going to have a problem flushing it back out to the wide receivers. And definitely the Bears defense is in play. For the Raiders, John Gruden, like I said, he promised more down uh, passing down work for Josh Jacobs heading into last week, and then the kid got two targets on the day. So, the, you know, it's tough sledding. Even when you you want to do something, they can't even do the things that they want to. This is a team that can't impose their will. So it's like, I will believe that he is trying to be truthful when talking to the media, but they're just not that good. Vontez Perfect now suspended again for the rest of the season. So... The one thing, like, whatever. Like, I'm over all the cheap hits. He looked so sheepish and guilty when they did it. I know Carr came out and defended him. I'm over it. We see this dude do this stuff all the time. I'm over it. Now, what I will say is this. The the upside for this is maybe Arden Key gets a chance. Another one of my LSU boys, go Tigers. So I'm all about telling you all all about what I already know, which is that this dude can cover some ground and he can be an effective linebacker, or at least he was at the collegiate level going up against the likes of Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi each week. So I think if he can get the opportunity, and I say if with the capital IF because the Raiders are blessed with a couple of opportunities there, so he may not uh, be the first person to get the look. So if he gets the chance, though, I think he can run away with the job. As far as the Raiders go, I do not like Carr this week. I do not like Jacobs this week. Tyrell Williams is out. Waller should be fine. The thing about it is he may run up and down the field, but I don't think he's scoring touchdowns, especially not against this defense. He's only got three red zone targets through four weeks, and 22 tight ends have more than him. And he's got zero targets in the end zone. So I can't see him all of a sudden getting that touchdown this week against the Bears when that has been the prevailing you know, statistical line so far. But can he go through the middle of the field a little bit, maybe on third down, help um, car stretch it a bit? Yes, I do believe that. As far as the Raiders defense go, those kids are in trouble. Reload. All right. Um, next game up is the Cardinals at the Bengals. This one has the potential to be a shootout, but there are some things that we do need to be concerned about. Kyler Murray was among the league leaders with nine end zone throws through the first two weeks. I talked about that because it was 
such an anomaly. I had mentioned it, even though I'm against stats that early. Since then, he's only thrown to the end zone one time. Thrown. Just thrown to the end zone. Attempted. That's crazy. So, that is a downside for them this week. That's a downside to the whole um, shootout narrative, in my opinion, because nobody else is talking about it like that. Christian Kirk has drawn more total targets than Larry Fitzgerald has, even though people are talking about Fitzgerald, and more in the red zone. He's out-targeting him by one, 34-33, but in the red zone, he's out-targeting him 8-5. to five. Now, he's out. So, again... I know people just think you just oh, shifted over to the next person, so now it goes to Fitzgerald, but I don't know. Just another thing, like I'm starting to stack up things in my mind that make me think that maybe this will not be such a shootout, if you will. For David Johnson, whom I really like this week, I really like him this week. Four games into the season, look, seven different running backs have put up at least 14 PPR points against the Bengals. That's four backs with at least 23 points. And in one game, which is actually week two against the 49ers, three, because you know how the 49ers roll, we're going to roll out everybody on you. Three different backs reach 14 points PPR. So we're talking about a Bengals defense that can't really stop much. So David Johnson, it looks good. Johnson is actually tied with Christian McCaffrey as well for league heights, 127 routes run also by while being used out of the slot where he's been used 32 routes. So, you know, that says a lot. I think um, in terms of being able to generate offense against a poor defense, I like him as an option. These, this is why we really like him, whether you want to do it on the ground or in the air. He's going to be involved and we are really high on him this week. Um, the Kirk injury could spark that for him because he can get some of those slot targets. So we really like that. Defensively for the Cardinals, I just do want to note that second-round cornerback Byron Murphy, he's put up some nice um, weeks. I mean, after in the first week, he did allow six receptions for 81 yards on eight targets. So they are just picking on him, right? Pick on new guy, pick on new guy. But he came right back, found himself adjusted, and since then, he's only allowed seven receptions for 61 yards, over 14 targets over the past three weeks. So, couldn't ask for much more than that in a, t- in a system where their top two cornerbacks have uh, been on the sidelines and not in the game. So, very impressed with him there. So, quarterback Kyler Murray, yes, I think he could get the job done. Might be a little expensive on... DraftKings this weekend, but in seasonal, I got no problem with that. We do like DJ. We like DJ a lot. We love DJ. I did. I did. I mentioned we like DJ. Um, wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald. I'm interested. I know this other guys, Keyshawn Johnson, um, Andy Isabella, who's going to step up. But I'm not. I'm interested in David Johnson picking up the reception slack. So. That's what I. That's why I'm just so high on him, and not so much high on those next dudes. As far as the tight end goes, um, I don't know. I'm not really looking um, so much there with the Cardinals, and defensively, they're going to struggle. Um, the Bengals are just the Bengals, but they've been able to put up some offense, so it is going to be a tough day on the road for the Cardinals. As far as the Bengals go, um, Dalton he could he he was pretty bad on Monday. He was really really bad. Um, but he's still in the top 10 in dropbacks, passing attempts, completion, and yards through these first four weeks. So numbers don't lie. That means that they're going to use him. Um, we can expect that, especially against this bad Cardinals defense. 
on tape over the past couple of weeks. 10 receptions on 14 targets, 138 yards. So there's some noise around him. I think uh, for DFS, I don't know. It just seems a little too popular and a little too cheap, um, but still a little too risky to pay off. Um, Seasonal, if you're in a pinch, sure, I guess. But I don't. you got to be in a deep league to be in that big of a pinch. Um, But he is there, and we know they're going to try to get this ball out with Dalton. And A.J. Green is still out. John Ross is now out, too. So Tyler Boyd, who already is tied for fifth in the league with wide receiver targets with 36, he's going to get some looks. So I really do like Boyd this week. So, again, for the Bengals, we like Andy Dalton this week. We like, I'm sorry, we don't like Mixon. I think the Cardinals are stout enough on the ground. Um, It's just not a good matchup in the game script. Just, you know, you go through the, the... the least path of resistance, that's going to be through the air. Why receiver-wise? Sure, you can still go with Larry Fitz, but we got to um, say DJ, basically. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, quarterback, Dalton. Running back, no, to Mixon. Why receiver for the Bengals? Um, I'm going to say maybe Tate, but no. And then Boyd. Yes, Boyd. Tight end, Eifert, of course. We know about the narrative with the Cardinals. Worst defense against the tight end. So, yes. Going to be really chalky on DraftKings, though. Probably want to stay away from that. No route to victory there. Um, And then as far as the defense goes, we don't want any part of them either. I don't know. This one should be interesting. It's going to be a shootout. Not sure which side wins. I'll give it to the Bengals, though, since they're at home. Reload. All right. Next game is the Bills at the Titans. And... Um, it looks like the Bills are going to get Josh Allen in this one, so that's good. Don't know what type of um, condition he's in. They haven't really come out and said it. We just know he was clear today. But obviously the game changes if Barkley's in. Barkley didn't have a problem moving the team downfield, but when it came to squeezing it in, can't be scoring those, can't be giving up those interceptions in the end zone. So that was a big problem for them there. Gore is going to plot away this week. I like that, especially if they're hurting at the quarterback position. I think Gore will definitely plot away slowly but surely. Um, I'm in, I'm interested there. Um, if you need like low, you know, because his price is so low in the DFS world. So from that point, I'm interested. From season wise, if you have to, sure. I just think it's going to be one of those things to where he can do a little bit of something because they're just going to press with him so much. As far as the wide receivers go for the Bills, um, I'd be interested uh, if Allen plays, not if Barkley plays. But if Allen plays, sure, you could play John Brown. I'm okay with that. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I'd probably stay away from everybody else there, though. Um, Probably fade the tight end. Defense, I'm interested. The Bills have a really good defense. We just saw them hold Tom Brady down significantly. So I think the Titans are going to have a bit of a tougher day. Um, And then you have to consider that. The Bills, they have a system that is derived from the Patriots because of that coaching staff. But so do the Titans. So there's some familiarity there, too. So defensively, I do like the Bills. But on the other side of things, I like the Titans defense, too. Speaking of the Titans, um, Henry, uh, Derrick Henry, he's averaging 19 and a half touches per game over his last eight regular season games. So sometimes we get down on him, but the volume is there. And we got to trust it against this suspect Bills defense against the run. They're much better against the pass. Titans defense has allowed the six most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. Only the Cardinals have allowed more. So to go back, I think um, you may want to take a look at um, Dawson Knox. 
like maybe I do need to upgrade him a little bit. Like maybe, yeah, like I, I'll say he's in play. Certainly a season, if you're in a pinch, go ahead and go with him. He may be a low flyer this week. We'll recommend him for DFS too. I'll make that change by the time we get to that segment. But yes, let's go with Dawson Knox because of that information right there. See, it's past week four. So statistically, we can start to buy into some of these things. Um, plus also with that information, this is an ideal matchup this week at home for the Titans defense against the Buffalo offense. That's given up the seventh most fantasy points per game to opposing defenses. And then, um, you know, like I said, if Josh Allen plays, sure, that does work out okay for them. But he may not play, um, which would be even better for them. So, again, quarterback-wise, I'm probably fading Mariota. You know I'm not high on him, though. Um, running back-wise, Henry, I think you can play him. He's in play. Wide receiver-wise, I'm fading Corey Davis. He's going to get the shadow from Tredavious White, most likely. But I do see this is what I meant earlier when I said that Brown could potentially get loose if that's the case. But what I'll do is we'll still fade Brown because of the low targets, and we'll go with a guy that had more targets than Brown, and we'll say Adam Humphrey gets the bump this week. So I do like Adam Humphreys here. And then as far as the tight end goes, um, Delaney Walker, I'm going to fade him against this Bills defense. I like the Titans defense, but I like them more if Josh Allen's on the bench. if this uh, In this game, I'm going to give it to the Titans because they'll be at home, and that's whether Allen plays or not. Reload. All right, our next contest is the Buccaneers at the Saints. Itching to talk about this one. Ronald Jones, for the first game in his career, he outsnapped Peyton Barber, so he's becoming the guy. He's the guy now. It was like the most slowest, goobiest, globiest transformation ever, but it happened finally. Um, but this just isn't the week. The Saints defense have been pretty good against the run. So we don't want to try that. But he's the guy now. It's something we need to note. Okay. And he'll probably see maybe more touches this week. Winston is still not quite a weekly starting option, even though he's won this week. Um, but his average depth of target is 11 yards. So that's that's a really good sign of where things are with the offense and that things are working with him and Bruce Arian. So we want to keep an eye on him for seasonal purposes. For DFS, you know, you're slotting them in, you're slotting them out, you're slotting them in this week, I think. Um, for the Tampa Bay defense, they, they have allowed the second most receptions, second most yards, second most touchdowns, and third highest passer rating on slot receptions. So this bodes well for Michael Thomas, who works out of the slot a lot, and when he does, they just get it to him. The Buccaneers defense, but, you know, on the same token, the Buccaneers defense they, we know they're tough on the ground, so you got to downgrade Kamara. They're only averaging 80 scrimmage yards per game to opposing running backs. Now, this is even though they don't face Todd Gurley, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and the 49ers backfield, so they're not playing around. At this point, we can take a look at that, and we got a game plan for it. It's not really an anomaly or has not been thus far. So we don't want to recommend Kamara for the run game, um, and we want to consider that he's going to have to get his work in the pass game. So for the Buccaneers, we like Winston. We don't like Jones or Barber, for that matter. Fade them both. Wide receivers, both in play. Both these guys are in play. Um, I think that Lattimore is probably going to shadow Mike Evans, but that's fine. They do battle, and Evans gets them sometimes, so I'm okay with that. And if that's the case, Godwin's actually been more um, explosive a little bit, you could argue, than Evans. So he's in play if he has to see P.J. Williams, who we all know just sucks. 
So they're both good. Um, as far as tight end goes, you could fade it. They're not looking at the tight end in this offense. Um, and then the defense, I like them this week because there's a surprise here. I think that they're going to hang tough, especially after Bridgewater and company did what they did against Dallas. I think that people are too high on them. I think there's going to be a big letdown with this divisional opponent right here. And a part of that is going to be able to, is going to be like the, the defense keeping them in the game eliminating the run game and keeping this one close i think field goals are going to matter in this one and i really like the bucks defense right here on the same side of things they're allowing the second most fantasy points per game the qbs that's why i like Jameis a little bit you know um as far as Lattimore and those games against evans he's held them to four receptions for 86 yards seven receptions for 147 and a touchdown five for 55 and one for 13 so i look they do battle Okay, that's the best I'm willing to say is they do battle. Teddy Bridgewater, I think it's going to be a tougher week for him this week. He's going to see. Um, I know they're better against the the run, and so he should have some availability in the pass game. But I'm just not expecting this shootout, guys. I'm really not. Um, I'm probably fading that a little bit if that's me. I'll give you him as an option in DFS because from a price point, it makes sense. And from a GPP standpoint, it makes sense. But I don't know if I can go there. Running back-wise, I like Kamara. He can make it up in the passing game, but that's why I like him. It's not for the running. Wide receiver-wise, uh, Michael Thomas. That's the only one you can go with. Fade Cook at the tight end. Actually, no, I like Cook at the tight end. You could go with Cook at the tight end. The Buccaneers are terrible against the tight end. So we know that um, I think that Teddy P is going to be under a lot of um, – you know, Bridgewater is going to be under a lot of pressure, I believe. He may have to check down. So, yeah, let's upgrade Cook and say we like him. The Saints defense, as I said, I think it's going to be a close game. I think that somehow they find a way to hold their own. So they could be a sneaky GPP pick as well because I think that the team loses a close, low-scoring one. Reload. All right, our next game is the Vikings at the Giants. And, Oh, man, the Vikings are a mess. And look, they, you know, we've got the wide receivers chirping now. Both of them unhappy with the scenario. Thielen talking about possibly wanting to be traded out of there. Diggs talking about wanting to go somewhere else. Um, the Vikings need to stay the course. And this is a week where the running game may be a little bit harder to achieve. And so they may want to consider airing it out a little bit more. We know the dangers with that. It's Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, even in a scenario where his price makes sense and stuff like that for daily purposes, I can't be going with this dude if I don't have to. Um, if I'm the Vikings, I do what maybe the receivers don't like. But what I think they honestly need to do, run Cook. Go with the girl you came to the dance with. You know, don't. If they don't like what's going on, they don't. Ha you don't have to trade them just because they say trade me. So, there's that. <laughs> um, now, if they do decide to air it out, you know, I think both guys are in play. Would I say one's more in play than the other? No. From week to week, I've been telling you guys that, you know, we've been really good about picking which one goes off, which one doesn't. Last week, we, you know, told, said Diggs over Thielen. This week, you could play both. I think they're both equally in play. If I had them both because I followed my strategy and picked them both up, I would be okay playing them both this week. The Giants... Um, the key to beating them is just going to be balanced play, I think. And so I think that as far as the Vikings offense goes, everybody's got a chance to eat a little bit is what I feel. Um, except for Rudolph. I don't like the tight end this week. Vikings defense like them a lot too. I think Daniel Jones is going to see a little bit tougher defense right here. And it may not go so well. So I'm interested in the Vikings defense on the road here. 
As far as the um, Giants go, starting linebackers for them were Alec Ogletree and Ryan Connolly, but Ogletree's missing time with a hamstring injury, and Connolly tore towards ACL last Sunday. So there's not a whole lot of options for New York at this point. I do think this is why, even though they've been decent against the run, that Dalvin Cook may find more daylight than usual, and that's why I'm just worried that you know, it's a running script beside what people think. And so this is why at the most I just want to say everybody on the Vikings is good, which diminishes it, right? It's not like somebody, I think, goes off and goes nuclear. I think they can all around attack them pretty well. As I said, Daniel Jones, going to be a tough day. I'm not too interested in him. I'm not interested in Gallman against this Viking defense at all. Golden Tate is back. That does make the, the wide receiving core Definitely more interesting. It does help Evan Ingram, who is in play this week, but I'm fading those wide receivers and waiting till maybe next week. The Giants' defense, I think, is going to play better than people think. And if Cousins and the Vikings are tempted into thinking they're a throwing team now, I think the Vi- the Giants would be a sneaky GPP defense that could literally score a lot of points like they did against the Redskins because they know how to play against a bad quarterback. So interesting um what happens there and that one i'll be sure to watch but right now on the surface i'll just say the vikings um keep it balanced run it a fair share get out of there with the victory reload all right our next contest is the jets at the eagles and the jets are are one of only two teams y'all with only one deep reception this year so that's one completion on just eight targets so they're not going downfield all right the Eagles just have to worry about stopping everything in front of them. So this makes life easier. This is going to be a cakewalk, especially when you consider that Luke Falk's going to have to go because, um, you know, Mr. Mono is still not ready. Sam Darnold is going to be out one more week there thinking he may have an um, enlarged spleen due to complications from the Mono. So he's going to sit a week. The defense for the Jets, it's been led by this play by Jamal Adams. He's been pretty good. The Jets defense has taking care of tight ends. So I'm going to fade Ertz this week. It is a tough matchup for him. But outside of that, yeah, you could play. I think other people are in play. Jeffrey's in play for sure. Um, The Eagles have held number one running back. Wait, so as far as uh, the Jets go, I'd be fading Falk. Um, As far as Bell goes, it's a tough matchup against this Eagles defense. I'm fading him. Um, as far as the wide receivers go, Robbie Anderson may be over the top, especially because I think they'll have to play catch up. But outside of that, I'm not real interested. Herndon, this ain't the week for him either. I know he's back now, but I don't know about this Eagles defense. So I'd be fading him. In the Jets defense, I'm going to fade them as well. They're just not in a good place this week. And the weaknesses that they have, I think the Eagles are ripe to explode upon them. So here... For the Eagles' part, they had the number one running backs um, in check so far. They, are, as far as you know, who they've gone against for every team, they went against Darius Geis, Devonta Freeman, Carryon Johnson, Aaron Jones, and all these guys have combined for 97 rushing yards on 54 carries. That's 1.8 yards a carry. This is why we say there's not going to be a lot of room on the ground for the Jets this week. Is because these guys are allowing a league best 0.1 rushing yards before contact. They are there immediately. So, you know, the thing is, Le'Veon Bell is slippery, but you nobody's that slippery. So it, it's just not, this is what we say is not a good matchup, which is why the Jets are going to have to throw it a little bit more. Robbie Anderson, though, is like I said, 
the person that I believe is in play most above anybody else. And Le'Veon will catch some balls too. He's going to have to do that for sure. The Jets are giving up the most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receiver ones. So again, Alshon Jeffrey in a good spot this week. They've given up 25.3 fantasy points to John Brown in week one, 28.1 to OBJ in week two, 19.2 to Julian Edelman in week three, even though he only played two quarters. So this is shaping up to be a good one for Alshon Jeffrey. Now, conversely, Nelson Aguilar has a tougher matchup because he's going to be in the slot against Brian Poole. And Poole's been really good so far. Second overall at that position through the first month of the season. So he's grading out well as a slot defender. So we fade Aguilar this week. um, And we're going to go ahead and stick with Jeffrey, though. Now, as far as Philadelphia goes, um, they've given Miles Sanders 52 carries and Jordan Howard got 57. But it does seem like Howard's, it's churning, right? It's slowly going in his favor. And look, inside the 20, he leads in red zone carries 11 to 8. And he leads in goal line carries 5 to 2. So I think what's happening is because of the fumbles, they have reverted to this strategy of, all right, we'll use Sanders. We'll run up and down the field. But when we need to secure the rock and get that bad boy in, it looks like they're going ahead and going with Howard. So this week, we really like Wentz against this weak Jets defense. I really do like what he'll be able to do as far as getting the ball to Alshon Jeffrey um, to, to highlight a receiver. I also like Jordan Howard for the goal line work, just for the goal line work. Um, tight end Wentz, or, or excuse me, Ertz, we're going to fade him. And then the Eagles defense definitely in play against this weak Jets offense without Sam Darnold. Reload. All right, next we have the Ravens at the Steelers. And in this one, the Ravens defense, nobody's allowed more yards after the catch than them this year. They've given up 668 yards after the catch. So maybe this is something that helps um, you know, Mason Rudolph um, because he's. I feel like the clock is ticking on this dude. But if they are just going to allow people to run willy-nilly after the catch, maybe that does help him. Maybe that does carry him across the finish line. The Steelers' coverage unit is allowing serious production to slot receivers. So this is good for Marquise Brown. 58 targets, third most. 83% catch rate, third most. 637 yards, second most. 11 yards per attempt, fourth. Four four touchdowns, fifth. 14 explosive plays of 15-plus yards, third. And a 128.2 passer rating, fourth. So Marquise Brown's in the slot 36% of the time. This means he's in a good spot this week. Also in a good spot because of his running upside is Lamar. Lamar, this is he's so dangerous because he's proven that he can throw it. So if you're going to defend this well, he'll do that. If you defend that well, he'll do this. The kid has literally been able to use, um, he's been a dual weapon as on a road to 30 points each week. And I'm starting to believe that I'm shortchanging myself when I shop him. And maybe I will just keep him in my season long. But Anyway, he's in play. Uh, Mark Ingram's in play, too, for sure. Just so, I love this. So deadly offense. They're in play this week, for sure. Wide receivers, we do like Marquise Brown. That's about it, though. Willie Sneed, just play him the season. If you have um, Lamar and you have a deficiency. If you don't have a deficiency at wide receiver, nobody needs to be playing him ever for any reason. 
Um, as far as the tight end goes, Mark Andrews is in play this week as well. Um, you could do any sorts of stacks that you like of those combinations. I'm fine with that. The Ravens defense, uh, they just don't seem to be as sure tacklers as we're used to seeing with them. So I need to fade them, even though I think it would be a good spot against Mason Rudolph. They just allow people to do so much after the catch. So can't depend on them. Let's go ahead and fade. And then as far as the Steelers go, Mason Rudolph, more than two thirds of his passing yards so far have come after the catch. So this is what I mean, right? Like, this is what I mean by get him by. That matches up with what's been going on with him. So his depth of target is going to be low. If Vance McDonald can play, you know, maybe he's in play. But it's just tough against this Raven defense. So I don't like that at that position. Juju Smith-Schuster, look, Baltimore ranks bottom five in fantasy points allowed to opposing slot wide receivers. So he's in play. This is where you can really get the ball out. And they're bottom five in percentage of total receiving fantasy points allowed to opposing slot wide receivers. So for Mason Rudolph, that's the path to victory. Get it to him. Get it to Samuels in the slot. Get it to Connor passing the ball. So if I'm the Steelers, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm fading Rudolph this week. I do like Connor. I do like Juju Smith-Schuster. Vance McDonald, if he's healthy, I'm okay with him. Um, and then as far as the defense goes, I probably fade them in a week that I feel that they're going to have to keep up because we know that Lamar can put it up. But I will say this, though. Ravens as Steelers, it's going to be close. I'm going to give it to the Steelers. But the, I don't think that the Ravens are necessarily on a huge downswing. The, the way the Browns beat them, in my opinion, is the Browns are the only team at this point to see the Ravens' new-look style of play on offense three times. So we know the NFL is a team where you show it to them enough, they're going to defeat you at some point. And so maybe after three times they figured something out that other teams haven't. But let's take a look at what the Steelers do with it this week because they're going to be going up against it for their third time too, I believe. Um, but ultimately, I'm going to stick with the Ravens this week in what should be a fun one. Reload. All right, our next game is the Patriots at the Redskins. And I think that Brady's in a good spot, but he's going to force it to Edelman. Edelman's averaging eight targets per game. Three of Edelman's four games have come in massive blowout victories where the Patriots were never forced to pass. In one of those three games, week three, Edelman saw 10 targets despite playing in just two quarters. Edelman has had a near-league-high six targets negated due to penalty. Plus, the Redskins' defense is giving up the most fantasy points to wide receivers on short passes and the fifth-most fantasy points to opposing slot-wide receivers. So this all lines up well for Mr. Edelman. Sony Michelle is averaging under seven PPR points per game. But they're just going to keep plotting him. They're just going to keep plotting him. We know that Rex Burkhead is out this week. We know that James White is preferred in the passing game. They probably won't need to do that. So the prevailing thought is, you know, he's going to, uh, this is his week, right? But it's the Patriots. You never know who they're going to go to. So I like Tom Brady, even for GPPs. I like him naked this week because we don't know from week to week who he's going to go to. So I like Brady. Um... I'm not going to recommend Michelle. I'm not going to recommend White because I don't know who. Brandon Bolden scored a touchdown last week. So who knows what's going to happen with those dudes. Uh, the run game in particular is in a good spot. But somebody's lying to you if they're going to tell you that they know which one of those dudes gets it. 
Wide receiver-wise, I don't know. I like Dorsett. I like Gordon. But I can't recommend them on the basis of surety, right? Like, I can't say for sure based on game script. I don't... The one guy that I want to tell you is Edelman. That's the one guy I'll tell you. Tight end, Ben Watson. There was, it was a choice. Their choice to keep him inactive this week for one more week, even though he's officially off of the suspension, the four-game suspension. He didn't even travel with the team, so... Um, same old, same old, you can fade tight end right there, but their defense is in a good spot too. This Patriots defense is in a good spot. On the Redskins side, we learned last week Dwayne Haskins wasn't ready, so Colt McCoy is going to get it this week. Even though he's playing, you got to fade McLaren because the Patriots defense has just been really good, despite whether you want to run it or pass it or whatever you want to do. They've been really, really good. So not a good week to be a Redskins fan. I'm fading Colt McCoy. I do like Chris Thompson catching passes out of the backfield as they're going to have to try to catch up. Not even keep up, catch up. Um, so we like him, but fade everything else. Fade Peterson, fade McLaurin, any of the other wide receivers, fade him. Tight end Vernon Davis, fade him. Redskins defense, fade it because this is a Patriots day in Washington, D.C. Reload. All right, our next game is the Jaguars at the Panthers. And in this one, the legend of... Gardner Minshew takes the show on the road to Carolina to play the Panthers. And their defense is legit in terms of their pass coverage. You could run it on them a little bit, but not so much passing. So it's going to be a tough week for Mr. Minshew this week. However, Leonard Fournette should not have problems finding room, especially with the volume that they give him. So if you have them in seasonal, you feel great about it. We're interested from a cash game perspective this week, too. Leonard Fournette looks like he's in a good spot considering all of that volume. Wide receiver-wise, again, I'm fading these guys because of the Panthers' emphasis on pass coverage this year. So it doesn't look good for the Jaguars wide receivers, a la D.D. Westbrook, a la D.J. Chark, a la... I don't know who else, but don't play him. Tight end-wise, Shaughnessy wasn't that good anyway. You could fade him. Defense-wise, the Jaguars, middling play this week. I don't think they're going to get uh, turnovers. And, you know, Jalen Ramsey not playing. He's doing the whole, oh, I'm hurt thing. It's because he wants to be traded. So he's not really hurt. He's playing this, you know, cat and mouse game with them because they've been pretty adamant about keeping him at this point they've turned down some significant trades so uh, i mean i don't know we'll see what happens there it's weird but middling if he's not going to play because he's been ruled out already again i think so he's not going to play middling i understand why people are excited for these panthers wide receivers because of that but i don't know i'm not buying it yet what i will say is Allen did throw for 232 yards sunday and wasn't picked off but look he also threw for no touchdowns and lost three fumbles so i still think that this is more smoke than fire. This is, I'm not buying it yet, is why I can't invest in these receivers this week. Um, McCaffrey's now scored at least 25 fantasy points in 10 of his last 12 games. So, yeah, that seems like the better deal. Try to get the ball to him somehow, some way. This Panthers defense has allowed a league-best 181 passing yards per game. That's what I mean. So, um, the only team under 200 this year on average. So they're going to do their job, which is why I really, really, really don't like Minshew this week. Cardinals run D or I'm sorry, Carolina's run defense is vulnerable. 
Now, they even just placed Kawan short on injured reserve, so that definitely does not help the scenario there. That's why we got to say that it's Fournette. That's the path to victory for Jacksonville, if there is one. The Panthers have given up 19 runs of 10-plus yards, which is second most, at a rate of 18% of attempts. That's second, while allowing three rushing yards after contact per attempt, which is 10th worst. So all these numbers matter now that, we're, that we've had four weeks of statistics. And it just tells us that um, if I'm the Jaguars, I'm going to have to run the football. And if I'm the Panthers, the path to victory for them, keep McCaffrey in the game. McCaffrey owners, though, we kind of would hope that they would uh, ease off a little bit because, man, I just, uh, I'm, you know, they're overusing him and I'm worried he's going to break down. So on the Panther side of things, I'm fading Allen. I like McCaffrey. Wide receiver wise, Samuel's in a decent spot, but I just I don't know. I just I need to see more. Tight end wise, I like Greg Olson. We can play him. Panthers defense, um, they should be in a decent spot, but this will be a close one. The Jaguars actually have a chance to win this one. Reload. All right, our next game is the Falcons at the Texans, and look. For the Falcons part, um, Austin Hooper, 7.4 PPR points in Week 2. If you take that out, he's averaging 21.1 points per game. Just had one hiccup. Outside of that, he's been really good. But I do think that this is not the week for him, though. The Falcons, though, haven't been shy about passing the ball with the most passing attempts per game so far. So if they're going to keep passing and he's not going to be involved, that means the receivers are going to be the beneficiaries of a lot of or if not most of this work. Jonathan Joseph is tied for the league league and catches allowed with 24. And he's going to see a lot of Julio Jones this week. So we really like a Julio. Ito Smith back from concussion. He's coming on, I think. He's a goal line vulture in the worst way. And I just, I like him because of the price point. I think he can really help you put together some GPP teams and score a touchdown. Like, it just seems like he does every time he's available. So. Yes, we do like Matt Ryan this week. Um, I'm fading Devonta Freeman, but I like Edo Smith, especially at that price point. Seasonal, you can fade Smith, but I do think he scores a touchdown this week. Wide receiver-wise, we like Julio. I like Calvin Ridley for sure. Mohamed Sanu in play. Tight end-wise, I'm going to fade Austin Hooper, even though he's been on a tear. And then defense, I don't want any part of that defense. Um, on the Texans side of things, Hopkins is still averaging nine targets per game. The Falcons have allowed a league-high six touchdowns on targets between 10 to 19 yards. And that's where DeAndre Hopkins does a lot of damage. He's got 14 targets with six most and two touchdowns right in that area. So he's getting nine targets a game. I know he was um, a dud last week, kind of, sort of. But, you know, stick with him because the volume is there. We're not making plays based off what happened before so much as we're trying to make plays based off of Target volume, which is a very, very, very large predictor of future outcomes. Um, backfield. Look, they've combined. Look, we talk about Carlos Hyde. We talk about Duke Johnson. These fools have combined for one touchdown over four weeks and barely 16 PPR points a game. So let's just let's keep it moving from all that. Deshaun Watson's going to face pressure. He's already facing pressure at a higher rate than every quarterback in the league, except Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones. The Falcons are top defense in terms of pass rushing grade. So they're going to put the pressure on him. He's going to have to get it out quickly. Um, maybe Duke Johnson in that passing game becomes a little bit viable. That's interesting. But I still do like Watson. I don't think that they're going to rattle him enough. Um 
wide receiver-wise, we do like Nuck. I know people are thinking Fuller now because Stills has been a little banged up. But as far as I think Stills still going to play, I'm not just switching over to Fuller. Stills playing. If Stills wasn't playing, sure, I'd say go ahead, go to Fuller. But you know, and then there's other people saying Kuti. You know, it's like no, it's too muddled still. All right, it's very too much muddled still. Tight end faded. Defense not interested. Uh, but in this game, I do think the Texans will win. Reload. All right, next contest. Broncos at the Chargers. And the Broncos, Emmanuel Sanders is averaging eight and a half targets. He's at 16.2 fantasy points per game to start the season. But nobody wants to talk about him. This guy's been holding it down, uh, making Joe Flacco look like he's worth a damn. So with Corlin Sutton expected to draw shadow coverage from Casey Hayward, because that's the perception now that Sutton's the man, Sutton's the man, Sutton's the man. So Hayward's going to be on Sutton. Perfect. I'm Emmanuel Sanders' owner. Perfect. Those of you that are also like him, once you go ahead and say it with me, perfect. Because we don't care. This week, we like our matchup. So I like him. He's a go this week. Flacco's been middle of the road. He's a bi-week quarterback. If you're on a bye and, you need, and you're in a bind, you need something, you could turn to him. That's the only reason we'd be using this guy. He's not DFS viable. Um, running back-wise, I like Philip Lindsay more than I like Freeman. I like Lindsay. It's not really a week for the running game, but I still do like Lindsay and GPPs. I think he's fine. You can go ahead and take a run at that if you want. I'm not going to knock you for it. I might not recommend it, but I'm not going to knock you for it because if you just watch those games, he's talented. He's very talented, and talented people can beat good defenses in terms of the running back position. Um, Wide receiver-wise, Emmanuel Sanders, we covered it. Sutton's going to be covered. Not interested. Tight end, Fant, decent spot. I'm okay with him this week. You could play him if you need to, if you're in a pinch seasonal-wise. DFS, if you're interested, not going to stop you. Bless you. Hallelujah. Go on ahead and do it defense um i'm not too interested in the broncos they can't stop the run all right now if we want to switch over to the chargers so eckler has had five carries inside the five yard line that's second most producing two touchdowns and the broncos have allowed four rushing touchdowns from inside the five that's fourth most i like him this week especially because gordon is on a limited game script they got some packages for him but everything's not available for him yet He's just come back so soon, so he's just not going to be that involved yet. So we like Eckler, but if you have Gordon, play Gordon. We do not mind Phillip Rivers this week, but I'm not going out of my way to show him special attention. If you have him in seasonal, play him. Outside of that, we're not too worried about Phil Rivers this week. Keenan Allen, he can take care of a tough matchup. Harris is a, d- a tough matchup, but Allen's beat him before. He can beat him again. That's the receiver that I like. Um, as far as the defense goes for the Chargers, not too interested. This will be an interesting game, but I do think that I'll give them the home field advantage and say they could just barely squeak it out. But guys, remember, the Broncos are motivated. They're winless. They had a new coach. They're going to do a lot to try to keep this team intact. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they won it, but I'll go ahead and give the uh, home field advantage to the Chargers. Reload. All right, our next game is the Panthers at the Cowboys, and in this one, the Panthers, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the Panthers, it's getting late, guys, the Packers at the Cowboys, so this one, look, let's talk about the Packers, they're, 
They have defensive grades of 78.1, 69.2, and 81.9 in weeks one through three. PFF grades. Pretty good. Um, but this past Thursday, last, not this Thursday, but the Thursday before this, they got a 49.6 against the Eagles. So they are not this just, you know, supreme defense like people wanted them to be. You know, they held on for a little while, but we're starting to see some cracks. It's true. Green Bay had a second linebacker on the field for just 26% of the snaps. So they're pretty susceptible to the run. You're playing the pass. Yes, they've been very good against the pass. But you are susceptible against the run when you only have one linebacker out there. That does not bode well. So offenses are running the ball inside Green Bay's 10-yard line on 65% of snaps. That's fourth most. And they have four touchdowns doing it. So this sets up for Zeke this week. The Packers are giving up the fewest fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. So again, the least path of resistance is actually the Cowboys' strength, which is running the football. So you know that is the game plan at home in Jerry's world this week. Without Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers just kept looking at Jimmy Graham in the end zone. He saw four tar- he saw four targets in ten and a half in ten minutes and five seconds. He's just one of 18 players at any position with at least four end zone targets so far. So we know if they get close, that's where he's looking because Adams is out. So Rodgers, he's just going to be decent. I think this is a 50-50 Green Bay uh, game plan like they we've seen from them recently. I think they're going to try to run it a little. They're going to try to pass it a little. This looks like what I said about Minnesota where it's just like balance, right? Uh, I'm not I'm hesitant to over recommend one side of the offense because it's going to be balanced. Rodgers will have middling play. Rod, um, Aaron Jones will have middling play. I know a lot of people are looking for Valdez Scanling. I think it's just going to be middling. I like Jimmy Graham getting those um, red zone targets in the defense. I probably fade them for the Cowboys side of thing. You can expect Amari Cooper to be shadowed by Jair Alexander. I think that could go. You know, not so well, but not shut down. He'll do something. It just won't be a lot. Um, But, again, this is all setting up for the run for the Cowboys. The Packers' run defense is getting gashed through contact. They're allowing 420 rushing yards after contact. That's second most. That's 3.7 yards per attempt, second most. Um, And they have 24 missed tackles. That's the most in the league. So, we, so again, you could fade Dak Prescott this week unless you're seasonal. You're just playing him. But it's all about Zeke Elliott. Gallup I like. You could fade Amari Cooper. Gallup's back this week. We like Gallup. He really helps this offense. He stretches it. He's the burner. He makes a lot of stuff possible, and he's back. We like him. Um, tight end-wise, you know, Witten, he's, he's okay. Uh, I think for red zone looks, he's okay. And then defense-wise, I probably fade the Cowboys defense. But in this game, it's going to be a close one. But it's in Dallas, and uh, they're going to run the football and win that game. Reload. All right, our next game is the Colts at the Chiefs, the Sunday night football game. And look, the um, the Chiefs are allowing a league-high 46 tight end targets and 32 receptions for 284 yards. That's fourth and a touchdown. So if I'm the Colts, that's the way you do it. You hit Doyle. You hit Ebron. You go to your tight ends. Still got Mo Ali Cox. Put him out there too. But that's the way that you attack this Chiefs defense. And they know how to do it. This is a, a team that is very familiar with um, trying to get success from multiple tight ends in one game. So we like that. Jacoby Brissett going up against 
the Chiefs. We like that, right? He's got that game script. They're trying to keep up with them, and it's in Kansas City. So, yeah, he's going to have to do something. So we like Brissett. Uh, Mac, ooh, I would be interested if it was a Colts home game. He might even be out, actually. If he's out, I'm fading that running game. If he's playing, he's a decent play seasonal. Don't worry about it. DFS, don't go there unless you... I don't know why you need to go there this week. Wide receiver-wise, T.Y. Hilton is probably out, so all the more reason to look at those tight ends. We don't need to look at any more Colts uh, wide receivers. We're just going to look at the tight ends for the Colts. And that's where we're going to live this week. Their defense, you can fade them. They're going up against Mahomes, obviously. On the Chiefs side of things, the Chiefs are on this active streak of a whopping 25 straight games. Well, they had 25 points. And it doesn't look like they're going to be able to stop that anytime soon. We saw the Lions take away the deep pass. Uh, Mahomes didn't have a passing touchdown. But you know what? They still got that 25 points, though. So this team does not look stoppable. Indianapolis has allowed tight ends to rack up 34 targets, fourth most, 85% catch rate, that's fourth in the league, three touchdowns as second, and a 117.7 passer rating, which is high enough for 10th in the league. So we like Kelsey this week. So we actually like Mahomes. Damian Williams is going to be back. Him and McCoy going back to that timeshare. If you have them seasonal, play them both and feel good about it. DFS, just a little too hard to gauge what's going to happen there. Maybe GPP upside if you like. Wide receiver-wise, um, I'd like to just play Mahomes naked if we could. Um, it's going to be too hard to tell. Hill's practicing. Don't know if he's going to play, but he's coming back, which just means that we're getting some upgrades for um, some of these other guys that have been hanging around. But again, if you have them, you can play them. Seasonal-wise, you can play them, but it's just ru- Russian roulette, though. You know, I'm not going to pretend here and lie like I know which of these guys goes off tight end we like kelsey boom that's a smash spot for him we play him chiefs defense i probably fade them as well this week reload and here's our final shot so we're gonna make it good and reload it's browns at the 49ers all right for the browns part you're very solid on the last week against the ravens 77 of nick chubb's yards came uh before contact of his 165 so they're pretty good not bad. Baker Mayfield um, came to the table just a little bit, had a little bit of a better performance. But the 49ers are a good defense against the pass. I'm worried about them this week. I foresee some turnovers, and I'm not interested in Baker Mayfield. I am interested in Chubb. They need to keep the focus on him. Um, I'm not interested in OBJ, but I do think that, oh, and Landry's going to sit too. So, it's not looking great. Higgins, you can maybe play. That's it. Fade the tight end. But that's Higgins, that's just like in a pinch if you need him seasonal. But I don't really know. There's not a whole lot to like right there. Defense-wise, I'm probably fading the Browns defense. 49ers, um, I really do like... Uh, well, Garoppolo's okay. I'm not going to go crazy with it. He's in a decent spot. I don't think he does anything nuts. Wide receiver-wise, don't care if Coleman plays. If he plays, I like him. If he doesn't play, I like Brita, and I like the rest of the gang. They just have an effective running game, and it won't stop this Monday. The wide receivers, you got to fade them. None of them, they just rotate those guys. None of them are true number one, so you can't pick that from week to week. That's why on weeks where they're all in a good spot, you just pick Jimmy G. But this week, it's just a middling spot. Don't know what to expect there. Tight end, though, um, I'm interested. You could play um, uh, the tight end for the 49ers, George Kittle. I'm okay with that this week. End zone looks, we like that. Defense, 
yeah, I think there can be some points had against Baker Mayfield. I think that they can rattle him. Don't know how he's going to respond to the national bright lights pressure. But I think the Niners can come away looking impressive in this one and keep the gas on the pedal over the rest of their foes in that NFC West. So we're going to go ahead and take the Niners in this one. And that was our final shot. So we're it. That's it for this week for week five. And hopefully you guys got a lot out of that reload segment and uh, you kind of have a better idea of what's going to happen and who you need to play for these game scripts, y'all. Time for the DFS DraftKings main slate picks for this week. We'll give you cash game picks. We'll give you GPP picks. And we'll give you high and we'll give you low picks for quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, defense. Let's go. All right, so finally this week, let's get on to our DFS DK Week 5 Main Slate picks. Put a lot of care into it, so good luck to everybody. Um, Last week, I did not make the cash line. Um, Trying to even remember who I invested in and let me down, but it's okay. It's not going to be a big win every single week. We've been on the hunt. We've done pretty good, so... You can't win them all. That's a, that's a part of it when you play consistently. You're not going to win every week. Cash game is how we minimize these week to week losses, though. Um, so it does kind of hurt when you just like you know don't bring anything back off the cash game. But that's all right. We're back on the horse this week. Not feeling sorry for ourselves. Excited to go out and get some more money. Got some great plays for you guys this week. Won't be fooled by the Gallmans and things like that to let me down last week. So here we go. For quarterback, I like Tom Brady. Oh, and before I begin, let me remind you, these plays are on the website too, right? So by the time you hear this, you will be able to go to that website and you'll be able to go to www.tigerbombsae.com to the process page. You scroll down, you can see these picks too. So as you're closer to game lock and you wanted to be reminded of what I said, I know the podcast can run a little long. You don't have to go listen to the whole thing. You don't even have to go segmented it up and fast forward. Go right to the website. It's a good idea. Okay, now to quarterback. Tom Brady at the top. 6,500 GPP purposes. That's about the most expensive I can go. Lamar Jackson, some too expensive, right? Everything is about value. So if I don't tell you to play somebody, it's not even that I'm necessarily saying he's not going to have a good week, but... If somebody's going to have a good week, that's only one side of the equation. The other side is how well-priced are they? Because that really matters. We cannot afford to overspend. Our budgets are pretty tight. So I can't, in honesty, tell you to go pay somebody for somebody who, when he goes 4X, 5X, we're looking at, you know, I'm I'm setting him up to say it's a failure if he doesn't get 30-plus points. So I need something a little cheaper than that, right? So Tom Brady is 6,500. For GPP purposes, we like that. Now, for cash game, I'm going back to Carson Wentz, $6,100. Against that Jets defense this week, he's in a good spot. And um, I will take Matt Ryan for GPP purposes at $5,900. I really like him with the Texans this week. Andy Dalton, $5,700 for cash. That'll be very popular. We have Teddy Bridgewater for $5,200 for cash. Um you know, interested, but I will personally probably end up fading. I wanted to put it out there for you guys because it is an interesting price point. It doesn't have to do much to pay off. He could still do that, and they could still lose to the Bucks, and it could still be a low-scoring affair, like I said. So, very interesting. Um, Chase Daniel, $4,800 GPP or cash, however you like it. 
I am aware that I did not mention Jameis Winston. He's the only other quarterback that I'd be interested in. I just think that I've given you some other options, specifically Carson Wentz right around that same price point. So I don't know if it's necessary, but he's out there and I'm not going to knock you for playing him. All right, at running back, Zeke Elliott at $83 for a GPP just because it's so expensive. It can't be a cash game play, even though it's a smash spot because it's just too expensive. So we have to play it for um, the GPP. It's because if he does smash and go off, then great. But if he, I mean, he could do really well and still not pay off in terms of this, the what we need to hit everything. So I'm a little leery. David Johnson, though, you could play cash or GPP at $7,500. A little on the expensive side, but he's in a really, really good spot. And that's a lot cheaper than Zeke Elliott. You're combing down $800. So Leonard Fournette, cash or GPP, $6,400. We love that. Derrick Henry, $6,000. You could play him in cash this week. Aaron Jones, $5,900 in cash. I like. Jordan Howard, $5,100. GPPs this week. He's going to get that goal line work like we talked about. Frank Gore is so cheap that for GPPs, we're fine. $4,700. Chris Thompson, $4,600. We recommend him for cash. They're going to have to catch up. He's going he's, he's at double-digit points each week of the season, and it's because of his past receptions, and they're going to be trailing. Edo Smith at $3,900. That's a good price point considering the way that he vultures those goal line touchdowns, so we're interested for GPPs for sure. Wide receiver-wise, DeAndre Hopkins, $7,800 at the top for GPPs. I like it. I like it. It's not over that 8000 mark. So for a GPP, I'm okay. $7,700, Julio, that's cash. You can you can take that this week for his matchup on the other side of things. So that's the difference there. Try to help you differentiate how to play, who to play in some of these matchups, right? Like, I hope I'm being good about that. Speaking of differentiation... Evans and Godwin, $7,100, $6,900. Here's how we'll play this. Evans and GPP at $7,100. Godwin and Cash at $6,900. That's how we're going to play that. That's how we attack that. It's not one or the other. Double dip. And that's how you do it right there. Um, Tyler Boyd, $6,500. Good cash play. Julian Edelman, $6,300. Cash. Um, could be GPP as well. I'll say both. Alshon Jeffrey, $5,900, good cash play. Allen Robinson, cash or GPP, $5,600. Emmanuel Sanders, $5,100 for GPP. Calvin Ridley, love it, $4,900 for cash. Muhammad Sanu, $4,200 for GPP. And Adam Humphreys, we talked about him earlier. So we're very much interested at $3,800 as a GPP pay, play, not pay, GPP play for Mr. Humphreys. Sorry about all my papers crinkling. On to tight end, Evan Ingram, $5,800, good cash play. Darren Waller, $5,000. We'll take that as a good cash play too. But like I said, don't expect a touchdown. We're looking for yardage volume. Mark Andrews, $4,800. It's a good GPP play. Jimmy Graham, $4,300, good GPP play. Um, Greg Olson, $4,000. We'll take that as a cash play. Jerry Cook, $3,400, GPP or cash. We're interested. Tyler Eifert, $3,300 for cash. I'll mention it. It's too popular, though, guys. I think we got to fade it. For the same reason I told you to fade Keenan Allen, I'm telling you to fade him. When I said fade Keenan Allen two weeks ago and he didn't do anything, we're telling you to fade this guy. Trey Burton, $3,300. It was a better play than him. It's a GPP play, though. And then Dawson Knox at $3,100 for GPPs if you want 
Finally, a defense. We have the Patriots at 4,300. It's a GPP play this week because they're so expensive. Or a cash play if you want because they can score so many points. So both. Um, the Bears, 3,800. That's a good GPP. The Eagles, $3,700 in cash. We like them. The Titans, 3,000 in cash. We like them. I want to take a flyer on the Giants at $2,600. I gave you the reasons in reload how I think um, if they can rattle the QB a little bit, that's interesting. I am aware that the Vikings, Bills, and Jaguars are all interesting, even though I have not recommended them this week. So that's it. That's what I have for you guys for the DFS. Just remember, you know, I, I've given you so many tips. You guys can reach out to me. I've given you the emails and all that stuff if you need more info. But especially with the DFS stuff, I want to make sure that you lock your lineups without any unanswered questions. So feel free to reach out to us if you need to. And as always, we're going to end this segment with a very hearty good luck. Thank you so much for joining me this week, Tiger Bombers. If you are new, that's that's our affectionate name for us as a culture, Tiger Bombers. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of The Process, this season two, episode 15, covering week five. Hopefully you have enjoyed it. I've given you all the ways to reach out. If you have remaining questions and things like that, don't forget about visiting the website to take a look at our picks for the week. The DFS picks are loaded up there too. And guys, remember, as always, this is your home to learn, scout, win, and repeat. Until next time when we continue the process. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.